0: Flight Sim, Duo, and Windows 95. It's been a good week. Goodbye August, but hello friends. It's uh, it's a podcast time yet again. It has been a busy, sort of crazy week. There's been some duo news, there's been some gaming, well, there's been a lot of gaming news. Uh, there's been some Xbox stuff, there's been just a whole bunch of, well, goodness that has been happening around the neighborhood, and we are going to kick things off with the 25th anniversary of Windows 95. If you uh, kind of remember that, well, you've been hanging around the block for quite a while, but that is where a lot of the infamous, like, Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer, dancing on the stage memes come from is actually the launch of that event and uh, there's a lot of good stuff in the history of Windows 95 but if you enjoy using Windows today there's a pretty good chance you could tie it back to some of the success that started with Windows 95. Um, I still remember sitting in my parents basement loading Windows 95 with floppy drives I god there were so many of them and you had to just push them in and you had to do them in a very specific order and you hope that you didn't get abort retry or fail halfway through the install. Uh, but Windows 95 turning 25 and I can probably almost get guarantee That at some point in the world, right now, Windows 95 is running some manufacturing or hospital related equipment and they refuse to replace it because it simply just works. Um, other things in the Windows world, uh, Microsoft actually announced this week they're extending support for Windows 10 version 18.03 for businesses to May 11th, 2021, as a nice little courtesy because hey, people aren't upgrading at the pace that they could because everybody's remote and not everybody has the bandwidth and everything else. And so if you're running that version and you need a little more extra time, you now have it. So there you go. Other hilarious things that are happening are related to TikTok. I think everybody under the sun is uh, interested in purchasing TikTok. We've now heard uh, Oracle. Uh, we've heard Microsoft. Microsoft. Uh, alone Microsoft teaming up with Walmart we've heard Google uh, Facebook have mentioned it briefly I'm assuming Target and Kroger's and everybody else who doesn't make any sense buying TikTok uh, is actually potentially interested rumors are that we'll be hearing an announcement soon about a finalized deal some one way or another now the the only logical thing and this is the only argument that I actually somewhat believe here is why a company like Oracle or Microsoft or potentially even Google um, although I don't think Google will will actually buy it uh, would want this it's to put them on their cloud and that's a a marketing win sort of if you if you look at it that way right microsoft wants tiktok data on its cloud. actually that was initially the report is that microsoft only wanted to make a minority investment into tiktok to allow them to bring that data over to Azure and say, hey, look, TikTok runs on Azure. You know, this is a great service. You should do it too. Uh, And I believe partially that is why Oracle would want it as well. I think Zoom runs on Oracle. And so it's a big marketing win to have that type of a social media platform running on your cloud service. And that is part of the reason why I think these companies want it. Now, why Microsoft and Walmart are teaming up? Well, it's a little bit more interesting from that because you look at Walmart wanting to break, well, not break into, but compete more with an Amazon having a flashy social media company where you can promote all your wares uh, is a great way to do that. So we will see. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mishmash of something here, uh, one way or another. But maybe this. You know, part of history will will finally come to an end and we can stop talking about TikTok. And if Microsoft buys it, well, then uh, we will not stop talking about it because that is just what we do here. Uh, Microsoft is also bringing a transcription service to Word, which it, this is actually pretty neat. Initially, kind of just when I got the info, kind was like, yeah, whatever. But like actually seeing it's pretty neat. So if you have any Microsoft 365 subscription from personal, home, whatever, user, uh, end user subscription, you will have access to this functionality. It is not explicitly free, but if you've already paid for a subscription, then it it is, you know, quote unquote, included or free. Uh, What it allows you to do is to take an audio file, upload it into Word. Now, this only works on Word on the web, but what it'll do is transcribe the audio file. It does take some time. It's not super quick. It can take a little bit of time. But it'll transcribe whatever audio file you upload. Um, You can also record inside of Word on the web. uh, If you have, like, you know, if you're in a classroom or a lecture or something like that, you can record and it will actually transcribe that stuff as well. Not in real time, though. Keep that in mind. Not in real time, but that is rolling out now. And so if you have the web version, uh, you should be able to go out and see it. The other big thing this week is that well this guy is now in my possession here i did an unboxing video which you can go look at um, there's a lot of things i'm not allowed to talk about yet uh, that's part of the agreement for getting a review device but uh, i've been posting a lot of pictures up. people and been wondering why if you've been following the surface do at all for past two months Microsoft executives have been like tweeting it casually out like I'm breaking I'm baking breaking baking bread or I'm cutting you know pouring some wine and they'll have a service duo like off in the corner so I've been doing like ridiculous photos of like me grabbing a peach out of a fridge and having the service duo in there and um, just having a little fun with that so uh, we'll have more information on this the full review and everything else will not be live until uh, later in September and so this is about all I can do is show you that, hey, it does open it up. And I can tell you, for a matter of fact, that this hinge is um, it, it's, it's good. It is a good hinge. Microsoft is known for their hinges. Obviously, they've got them here, like, on that Surface Book 3, and that's sort of their, sort of, like, iconic features, if you will. They're good hinge makers, right? They're good craftsmen. Um, But this this device has some good heft to it. It's a, it's a, it does not feel cheap in any capacity. It feels premium in all regards, and the hinge, like, it's, it's just nice because it's, you know, it's just a hinge, and it, it's fluid, and it's premium, and it's really, really well done, um, so, there you go. That is the hinge on the duo, and that's about as much as I can say about it at this time, and so look for a full review coming here in a little bit. So, on to the gaming news, because there's quite a bit. Um, Flight Sim 2020, I'm, I'm telling you right now, is my game of the year. Personally, uh, I, I am loving this game, and so, first off, if you have Game Pass, you can already go download it for free, or, you know, again, free um if you're playing paying for game pass it is included so flight sim 2020 is magical now granted it's not a it's not a game it's a simulator which is well it's called flight sim but it is exceptionally well done i think this might be like kind of peak performance or like peak uh, what Microsoft is capable of doing when they put a lot of effort into a game, when they put a lot of effort into making it realistic and bringing in AI and weather data, here's the cool thing you could do. Um, I don't think you can do it so much now, but you could the past couple of days. Or next time there's a hurricane. You could quite literally get into a plane and go fly into the hurricane. Like it's real time weather data, and you can go, you could go fly into Hurricane Lore. I did it multiple times uh, throughout its, uh, you know, coming on shore, and it is just a really good thing. Now, here's a couple pro tips for you. One, if you can use an Xbox controller, you don't need the whole flight setup. It's actually quite usable as a controller, uh, or with a controller. The other big pro tip here, big pro tip, if you go into the settings, there's a sensitivity area for the controller, and what you can do is you can adjust the sensitivity of the thumbsticks. The reason this is important one of the hard parts of using a controller is that when you go to steer it's really sensitive and like so the plane wants to jerk and it's really hard to get those nice gradual turns especially when you're coming into landing i turned the 50 er, the the sensitivity down 50% and it makes it's a game changer on how much easier it is to fly any type of airline in the game so go go check that out um it is definitely worth something uh it's definitely worth investigating if you've been playing this game especially with a controller but again go download flight zone it's fun it is a really really well done game microsoft uh deserves a pat on the back for that and um you know enjoy it because i certainly am uh joseph staten is coming back to Halo. Uh, Yeah. He's going to be coming back and leading, I believe, working on the single-player campaign. He actually tweeted out, hey, don't expect many tweets from me, um, but hey, I'm coming back to help. Microsoft sort of made this big and splashy, which is interesting, but just, you know, you gotta put it whole hog, right? Um, This is very late in the development of Halo Halo Infinite, so you can't expect him to come in and just sprinkle some magic fairy dust, and then this whole game is is perfect and polished and shipping next month. That is not a realistic scenario. He's coming in probably, I would imagine more almost like in a consultancy role uh, to help get this thing moved along, just because again, it is very late in the development cycle. Um, He has a very good history, He's, he's loved by a lot of people, and he should be a very much a net positive to going back to working on 343 Uh, one other thing i want to point out is there were some rumors about the game being delayed to 2022 and then somehow they got attributed back to me and i absolutely have not said that i i I didn't say that and so please don't say that brad said it was being delayed to 2022 because i got a weird like i got attracted to a weird thread on twitter and people were kept again abusing uh the, the the twitter functionality and saying that i was lying because it was 2020 i've never said that um so there you go. Anyways, uh, interesting things about Game Pass. Game Pass continues to be ace in the sleeve for Microsoft. Obviously, Flight Sim 2020, I believe, Wasteland 3 that just came out uh, is going is not going to be is already in there, and so it's a great service for Microsoft. We already know the fact that it has 10 million subscribers, but in an interview uh, with Bloomberg, uh, Sarah Bon talked to good, my good friend uh, Dina Bass. And said, hey, uh, people who are using Game Pass, uh, a Game Pass subscription leads to about 20% more playing time. So once people get into Game Pass, they're playing 20% more. And this leads to 20% more in sales, both on titles not included in the plan and on extras such as downloadable content. We've heard time and time again from uh, developers that Game Pass has been initially met with some resistance, right? Because you're you're coming to like the iTunes or Netflix style um gaming medium uh, format and for developers who are typically custom to say hey selling their game for like 30 bucks for like an indie title potentially or $60 to $70 and getting all that money up front. It's a scary proposition to go over to the Game Pass where, hey, this is a subscription thing. You're not gonna get all that money up front. And it's a little bit more nerve wracking. We do know, uh, based on this interview, that Microsoft offers anybody who goes into Game Pass an upfront payment and then additional bonuses based on how well the title does. So effectively what they're doing is, uh, buying exclusivity is the wrong way to do it, but this is how exclusive titles work, especially in the indie world. It's like you go to a company like Epic and be like, hey, we'll. build a, a, an exclusive title for you and they'll give you a lump sum of cash. That way you can go out and build your game and then it's exclusive to that platform, especially for the smaller development shops. Um, Microsoft is doing the same thing with its titles that are coming directly to Game Pass. They go up and say, hey, here's a bundle of cash. Now you can go out and build your game. And then what they're finding out is that once the game is in Game Pass, it's actually selling quite well, and then once it if once or if it ever leaves Game Pass, it's continuing to sell quite well, and so they're seeing a 20% bump in transactional data, which is huge for the gaming industry. And what this really shows for Microsoft, this is this is really important data because Microsoft needs to validate, and I, I believe they already have, personally speaking. But Microsoft needs to continuously evaluate and validate that Game Pass is a model that is going to work and change the gaming industry from the traditional, here's $60 or $70 for the title, and is this business model going to work? And all the data that Microsoft has been talking about, granted, this is coming out of marketing, so you always got to take it with a pinch of salt, is that it's very positive for everybody who's been involved. Now, one of the interesting points that actually talked about, one developer in this interview pointed out that says, hey, initially when we were in Game Pass, it was great, there weren't many titles and it was real easy for us to get exceptional visibility now that more and more titles are jumping in it's a little bit harder just like the app stores right initially in the early days of the app store you could go in and you had a lot of visibility because there weren't that many apps now there's millions of them game pass is the same way as more and more games be added to it, it's harder for developers to get visibility, which means they need to build better games or do better marketing. And so the free marketing bump that Game Pass offered won't always be there. But at least for now, Game Pass is again proving consistently time and time again to be a huge strategic play for Microsoft. Um, with 10 million subscribers, I believe PS uh, the PS Now is around two 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 and a half, at least last po- known publicly available information. And so Microsoft has a hit. They have a good model that is in the works. The question is how long and how fast can and they grow that that model to get it to a really sustainable place 10 million might already be sustainable we don't know yet microsoft hasn't really told us what their target is but at 10 million right now uh game pass is off to a blazing start and all the data coming out suggests that this is a good model that microsoft is going to aggressively pursue for the long term i mean they've got me hooked with flight simulator for 2020 and so uh, I, I think it's a good thing all around Other things in there were Xbox All Access. Now, Xbox All Access is a subscription service that includes hardware and Game Pass Ultimate, uh, I believe over a span of 24 months divided by 24 equal payments. And then there's also that Xbox uh, trade-up program. Remember, part of the original Xbox All Access or at least the last iteration that launched. Uh, Microsoft is saying that they are going to be expanding Xbox All Access to more markets with the next generation console. They didn't explicitly say where they're going to be expanding it. But if you've been in a country that does not have it, it looks like Microsoft is considering bringing it to more localities. And so that should open up the, the avenue News for uh, more people to get into Xbox hardware. I also sort of think that maybe potentially preempts that these consoles are going to be expensive, and I am on favor. I was tweeting out earlier that uh, Xbox and Sony on Monday need to have a rock-paper-scissors match and the loser has to announce the pricing of their console because then the other company could just fast follow on and announce their pricing. It's effectively September and we haven't (laughs) we haven't got even pricing. Uh, We know roughly available launch dates are going to be holidays. Microsoft is more specifically in November. We don't know exactly yet when uh, Sony is going to be launching uh, the PS5 but hey um, there we go. So let's go into the questions which is again always my favorite part of the week um last night matt dina says anything from gamescom last night that interested you um actually i didn't even watch gamescom i was playing flight soon 2020 all night that is exactly and preparing for this podcast a little bit um actually not even all last night um because last night it actually was earlier in the afternoon here in the u.s but i was i was playing flight so um so i do need to go actually go catch up on some of that uh, Data Miner 49 says, hi hey Brad. Uh, when will Microsoft talk about Scarlet Cloud, their hybrid cloud gaming solution? This may not be the most important aspect of the gaming cloud strategy since it addresses both latency and bandwidth. Well, they have... Uh, to some extent, right, we, we already see this hybrid strategy playing out uh, already, right? We have cloud gaming, which we all know about is coming next month. But look at Flight Sim 2020. That is effectively a hybrid gaming solution because all that weather data, uh, uh, traffic data is being streamed in from Azure. So that is a, a, a unique sort of experience that Microsoft has built using Flight Sim and Azure. And so that is sort of a, a neat way that they get into this sort of model. Um, also, Phil Spencer. Phil, Phil Spencer mentioned bringing more third-party third-party titles to Game Pass. Have you heard anything about Microsoft making deals with publishers for their back catalogs or new releases? So new releases are always the interesting one, uh, especially from third parties because that is where some of... Like, look at like Call of Duty or Madden uh, or all those massive titles. I personally don't think that those titles will be coming day one launching on Game Pass because they are too lucrative. I mean, Call of Duty regularly earns like a billion dollars in the first month or two of availability. Like, you can't touch that sort of revenue model uh, with game pass unless microsoft was willing to give up a ton of money uh to do that so i don't think we're going to see those big titles i definitely think back catalog stuff or stuff that is maybe six months old is going to start seeing more and more inclusion into game pass uh Useman says do you think they'll release the duo in other markets or push ahead with the duo 2 instead so this is a good question so right now this thing is only Uh, slated to be available in the United States. It's the only market that is going to be offered uh, initially for the Surface Duo. The question is, are they going to be pushing to other markets? Are they going to wait for the Duo 2 and say, hey, that's when it'll start expanding? I think a lot of it is going to come down to initial sales and expectation. They know that there's going to be some demand in some markets. Pretty much the way I think about it is if they had good Windows Phone sales in certain demographics or certain markets, then the duo should effectively do pretty well because those are extremely loyal fans, uh, and a percentage of those people will be able to will want to buy this device. Now, keep in mind, it is fourteen hundred dollars, so it is not cheap, and it's not like your entry level Lumia. So they gotta they gotta look at that data carefully. Um, I do think they will potentially bring it to other markets. I don't know how widely that will be. Um, so that's that's gut in, that's gut reaction, not official uh, news from Microsoft in in any capacity. Vladimir says, is there any word about when xCloud for PC will be released? With Apple's unbelievable behavior of not allowing iP- not allowing it on iPads, uh, could it be just using Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. We know that xCloud for PC exists. I've played it. like the, It exists. Um, I don't know what exactly is holding Microsoft back from launching this thing. Um, it, it should... I thought it was going to be arriving actually starting in June because that's about when the the beta started getting available more widely available the internal beta I should say, and so we've just been kind of sitting on this thing or we Microsoft has just been sitting on this for quite a while. Uh, I I don't I don't exactly know what's holding them back. If anybody has like inside knowledge, I would love to know. I don't I can't imagine it's a technical lim- limitation because it works pretty well on Android devices, and so there's got to be more of like a marketing. Or, uh, reasoning or a soft reason rather than a hard uh, reasoning. So, uh, tourniquet says, "Hey, Brad, is it true that the Xbox Series S probably won't contain a disc drive?" This has been a question who has been that has been asked hundreds and hundreds of times. I don't exactly know, to be honest. Um, I know the, a lot of the specs and, and the target performance of all that stuff, but the disc drive is an interesting one because w- the part of me thinks that it won't. Part and let me just walk through my justification. Now, this is me speculating because. They're still gonna have the con- remember they they discontinued the all digital version of the Xbox One S. They can discontinue that one, but they said they're they're gonna continue to make the Xbox One S with a disk drive. So that's why I think that it won't have one. Or, or might justify not having one because if somebody's looking for the best like value they're going to go get the Xbox One S with the disc drive and that's just the end of it. If they're looking for, you know, getting into the next generation but are okay without having a disc drive then the 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 Xbox Series S could make a lot of sense. At the end of the day though, a disc drive only costs 10 bucks I think something like that 10 15 bucks so it's not like it's some massive price savings for Microsoft but it is you know 10 dollars over a million consoles is 10 million dollars so maybe maybe I'm thinking about this in the the wrong uh direction here I know that's huge with automakers that doing it that way so it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't have one Uh, He says, also, which is better, the Xbox Series X or the Xbox One X? This is going to be an interesting conversation. The reason why I say this is because, look at this way, way. I believe the Xbox One X, X might have more T-flop performance, but the Xbox Xbox Series S should have things like ray tracing and the faster storage medium. So you might actually have higher T-flops on the Xbox One X, but actually get potentially get better performance or gameplay experience on the Series S because you're going to get faster load times and you're going to get ray tracing, and so you're going to have better visual fidelity, less loading. And so what is you know what is quote unquote better? If you're looking for the absolute highest resolution, then you're probably going to get a better better resolution on the 1x if you're looking for a better just overall i'm going to plop my butt down and just not think about life and just play games um the series s might be the better performing box this is where it gets tricky because it's sort of like a v8 versus an N or versus a v6 with a turbo on it and it's not a perfect analogy because you can just debate it on raw horsepower but you get better fuel economy with the v6 you know what Just take it as you will. Um, It'll be interesting to see. And also keep in mind that Microsoft has discontinued the 1X. So they very clearly are pushing towards the Series S for that type of a user. Uh, Duck says... Uh, Hi, Brad. With how late both Microsoft and Sony are leaving to announce the pricing of the new consoles, do you think there's a slim chance one or both might get pushed back into 2021? Well, Microsoft has already said that the Series X will be launching this year. So that is going to be happening unless there's some catastrophic, knock on wood, uh, event. That's just what Microsoft has said. Sony has also done something sort of somewhat interesting they are opening up i believe it's registrations so where you can put your name into a hat to be invited to uh pre-order the playstation 5 so it's like you got to register if you want to pre-order but you're not guaranteed a pre-order you get tossed into a lottery sort of system and then you can actually invite or buy the console sony has already said that their production run initial limitations is going to be there's going to be tight supply i fully expect that on the series x side as well not That's not shocking in any capacity. There's always been a tight run on the initial consoles when they first come out in the first year. But Sony is already publicly saying that and I expect Microsoft to be in a similar situation uh, with the Series X. At the end of the day, though, these guys need to talk about pricing because um, we're potentially September like two months away at least from the series x like if they want people buying these things and they're going to be super expensive people need to start chipping away dollars um but realistically you should already be chipping them away or you know sliding them under the the mattress for 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 november i should say um if you're going to be doing that and just expect five six hundred bucks i think that's a given at this point so across the board uh brother nod says how many handsets does the duo need to sell For Microsoft to consider this thing a success, that is a great question. I don't know the internal number. Um, I I had an interesting conversation with somebody last night about how I honestly think that this just might be a loss leader for Microsoft, meaning that they need to be in the mobile space. They need to try to uh, assert their authority in making things different and making things viable and making things interesting. And that is what this does. This device is designed, and this is not public review. This is just me talking and speculating. This this device is designed to be that sort of uh, premium device that's in the world, the, the Bugatti of type scenarios. Um, now, it's not perfect in every regard. We know the publicly stated stats and or, uh, figures of all those things and some of the shortcomings that have already been talked about publicly. Um but it's a hero type device. And that's what Microsoft tried to do with the Surface Pro. That is what they've tried to do uh, with the Surface Book 3. They tried to build the the ultimate device, right? And that's where they they sort of took this device. And so um, I don't think their sales expectations are super high because if they were, then they would be available all around the world. I think what they're trying to do is come out and say, hey, look guys, we can build a mobile device. We can build a super high quality mobile device. We can build one that people aren't willing to do because we are, Microsoft, and this is what we are capable of achieving. Now, there's, we'll talk a lot more about this thing in a couple of weeks. Um, but I don't think the sales expectations are all that high. I think this is much more of a, don't get me wrong, they had certainly have a number of devices they're trying to sell and they don't want to lose money on it. But I think they are absolutely okay, at least with the first generation being like, look, we're going for break even. We're trying to establish that we are in the market and that we have a device capable for people who want a purely Microsoft um, built and branded piece of hardware. And so, that is what I think their actual, some of their actual goals are. Uh, da, 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 da. And then he says, who blinks first and announces the price of their next-gen console? So, here's the thing. Here's the thing that is somewhat fr- frustrating, I don't know, just as a gamer and an enthusiast in the market. So, and I the PlayStation 5, I'm telling you guys right now, is going to outsell the series the x next generation xbox that is a fact and and i don't think anybody can really dispute that playstation 4 has sold two to one what the current generation xbox is Um, if they only sell you know, three quarters to one, like that's a huge win for Microsoft because it was at two to one. If they can get one and a half to two, um, sort of a ratio, that's a huge win for Microsoft. Um, the thing is, is I think people who are going to buy a PlayStation for the vast majority already know that they're only going to buy a PlayStation. And I think the people who are going to buy an Xbox already know I'm in this camp that I'm going to be buying a PlayStation uh, or an Xbox, no matter what, like, that's just the, the console I'm going to buy, I'm not going to buy a PlayStation because I've, all my stuff is Xbox. Um, so pricing to me, while it is important, doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not somebody who's on the fence, like, I've never owned a console and I don't know which path I'm going to go. If you have an Xbox console, you're probably going to buy an Xbox because all your games will transfer. If you have a PlayStation, you're probably going to buy a PlayStation because you have a PlayStation and all your games are going to transfer and all that stuff. So... Um, you know that is my thoughts on on sort of that stuff. I don't think it really matters who announces first. I think they're both going to be expensive. I think they're both going to be uh, within reasonable price at the same you know within a reasonable price range. And um, who blinks first? I think Microsoft will. I think Microsoft will... Only because Microsoft has been a little bit more aggressive in announcing their information. Sony has been really slow, but very methodical. And so I think Microsoft announces their price first. Sony comes out and whatever. But I don't think... I don't. I don't think there's too many people who are on the fence right now about which console they're going to buy. Most people have already made up their mind because, again, what if they what they already own? Um, don't get me wrong. There's absolutely people who are going to be switching camps. Um, maybe people who aren't happy with Xbox are going to go to PlayStation, or PlayStation people don't like the online experience, or like, whatever. Um, I think those decisions have mostly been made, and there will be you know the the parent who goes to the the Best Buy over the holidays and looks at the two consoles, and I think that's where the Series S is really important uh, for Microsoft because they can get next generation games at a lower price point, but I don't th- I think Microsoft links first in that very long-winded uh, way of saying that. Team56 says, I thought there was going to be another Xbox event in August. What is going on there? Well, if you remember, Microsoft initially announced the Xbox 2020, which was supposed to be an Xbox event uh, every single month from when they announced the 2020 all the way up through launch. And then they went back and kind of quietly edited some of the stuff and said, hey, we're not actually going to do that to make it align better to some of our marketing people, to our publishers and all that stuff. And so the August event, I believe, has been punted into, into September uh, is what I've been hearing. Obviously, that's a pretty easy statement to say, considering the fact that August is basically over on Monday and they haven't had the event. Um, it's still expected to happen, but Microsoft is just sitting here kind of kind of waiting and twiddling their thumbs and trying to align the stuff the best that they can. But again, we're in the stalemate of Microsoft and Sony not announcing things, and they're just sitting there waiting. And um, at the end of the day, it will happen. Just, yeah. Uh, and finally, when can we expect the Series S announcement? Well, it's supposed to, again, be in August, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll expect it next month, I think, is the the actual plan. Um, And then he says, what are some of the Microsoft's ongoing silicon efforts have you heard of recently? You told us that Microsoft was heavily involved with the development of Excalibur, the Snapdragon 8CX SQ1 chip. Uh, There were some rumors flying around that the Surface Edition variant of the AMD Ryzen 4000, anything else, maybe a next-gen version of the 8CX. Microsoft continues to work pretty closely with Qualcomm. I couldn't find my Surface Pro X. Actually, I know it's underneath here and I'm not going to reach that out. Um, And they continue to work with them on that stuff because it's very important. Microsoft continues to push Windows on ARM despite the fact that the Pro X hasn't had the best sales. Uh, Microsoft knows it is important to be at least be available on that type of a chipset as it continues to grow because we've seen what has happened with Intel uh, and quite frankly, x86. ARM continues to rise and Microsoft cannot afford to abandon that market. Not that they have, um, but they need to make sure that they are Continuing to build up that asset making it the best possible uh, best f- functionality and features available as possible specifically meaning x64 applications that is some of the the, the missing component if you will on the surface pro x is that it runs win 32 uh 86 or x86 applications pretty well but it can't run the 64-bit the 32-bit runs i'm stumbling all over myself the 32-bit apps run just fine the 64-bit apps cannot run very well on the pro x at, or i should say at all right now and it's a little bit of a messy experience microsoft is absolutely working on that they actually even think they talked about it a little bit and that would be something i would expect on the next generation surface pro x uh coming with the new chipset so uh rob D. Boy says i know you can't not talk about much about the duo but can you answer this on how does it feel in your pocket both front and back can you comfortably carry it around um let me put it this way i put it in my pocket to come down here because this podcast studio is in my basement so uh Uh, site checker says hi brad hope you're doing well a few questions for you so uh could you please show could you please show the setup of the duo no i I cannot i'm explicitly told not to show off the software right now uh does the duo output video over USB-C dongle can't comment on that uh would it be smart to, idea to import the duo to europe that is a totally personal question um you got to think about one it does charge over USB-C, so you don't have too much of an issue with the charger just keep in mind the biggest challenge if you import it into europe is that if something happens to it and you need to get it serviced you're kind of completely screwed um, so just keep that in mind uh is a screen protector pre-installed on the duo no uh there then, an off topic question How would it be if Microsoft made a Linux distro? Microsoft actually already makes a Linux distro. I believe it runs uh, on their V, I think it's called vSphere, maybe. Uh, their IoT stuff, definitely, they already make their own Linux distro. So uh, that kind of already happens uh eisner says do you think flight sim 2020 will be on x Cloud? i hope so the one thing i uh, where's my razor kishi the one thing i really want is flight sim 2020 on x Cloud. like that that is like the perfect experience because flight sim isn't like a, a competitive game it's just a more casual and go let's go cruise around in an airplane and so that is like perfect scenario for x Cloud. now the one of the challenges is that it has to stream a lot of data in addition to the game, right? Right now, the game is downloaded locally, and then it just streams in the weather and everything else. So to get the full experience onto xCloud will include more data ingestion into the process, which could make it a little bit harder, but I really, really hope uh, that they do bring it to because that will be a, um, if you will, uh, experience for xCloud. Uh, And then on the Series X, uh, I'd absolutely think that, um, yeah, I think it, it'll it be interesting. So let me just step back. I already play it with a controller on my PC, and it plays pretty well. So I think it should run pretty darn well on the Series X. I, I, you know, given that my, my box is a GTX 1080, uh, now it does have a 7900X, which is a pretty hefty CPU. But given that I get a pretty good experience with that setup, I expect that the Series X should be able to run Flight Sim 2020 fairly well, actually. So, yeah. Uh, Robert Duck says, are there any apps that have been created specifically for the duo that can take advantage of an advantage of on an other Androids, like the photo app with native OneDrive integration? Um, I don't think I can mention that yet. So, um, yeah, just go watch some of the videos at Microsoft. Says. And then he says, I can't seem to get my head around the fact that Microsoft wants to be all-inclusive in gaming. Um, but at the same time if they sell XCloud for fourteen dollars a month. So if you can afford a console, I'm sure you can you won't be able to afford X well the idea here is um xCloud you got to understand xCloud isn't $14 a month game pass ultimate is $14 a month with which includes cloud gaming so effectively you could buy uh, that subscription and never buy a game because you have access to over 100 titles and some of them are pretty decent like uh, flight sim and some of the other games coming out of the Xbox studios and so I think that's the idea is that you can go buy a console and then for just one monthly fee you can play online you can play all the games coming to game pass I think that is the idea. Uh, he says, or does Microsoft and in plan include xCloud and other Game Pass iterations as well? I don't think so, at least not initially, because there's only two tiers of it, right? There's Game Pass and then the Game Pass Ultimate, and Ultimate includes cloud gaming. And so that's where Microsoft wants people to be. So they got to keep some features held back on that. So, uh, oh, uh, Abernacker says, regarding Flight Simulator and uh, the studio who built it, uh, do you believe that good... Prof- do you believe the good performance of the game might encourage Microsoft to acquire the studio? Um, Potentially, they did a wonderful job building Flight Sim. Flight Sim 2020 is a wonderful masterpiece of what a Flight Sim should be. It is a a traditional, a, a, I cannot talk, a fantastic update to Flight Sim X. And now Flight Sim X is, you know, pretty long in the tooth at this point. So 2020 is a massive update. And I think both Microsoft and the studios that built it and everybody who worked on it should be highly commended. They got huge scoring on Metacritic. And it's just overall a wonderful gaming uh, experience. Experience. and so it wouldn't surprise me if that would encourage them to potentially buy them uh kip asks he says what's your nda on the duo software can you talk about general impressions no cannot talk about general impressions uh bugginess nope cannot talk about that uh, the nda list right before availability availability so just keep that in mind and then mr pki says the ending surprise question of the week why is the sam's report audio much quieter and harder to hear than podcasts from other providers have you tried playing xcloud on the duo yet cannot comment on EckCloud on the Duo yet, uh, but one of the audio issues here is that, well, people are in my house. My wife is on the other side of this door having a meeting uh, right now, and that my kid, while well Uh, not home right now is usually walking around so one of the challenges is that the sensitivity on this microphone is actually turned pretty far down because there's things that happen on this side of the mic um, including a furnace and a water heater (laughs) that I don't want picked up if they accidentally turn on and so what I have to do is then in post uh, boost the the decibels a little bit which doesn't have any negative effects nobody's commented on any of the artifacts but if I boost it too high then that's that Uh, then you can pick up on it but what I can try to do is just boost it usually it's like a 5 dB boost. And I can probably do like seven or eight uh, without much issues. So there you go, guys. Uh, That wraps it up for this week. As always, very much appreciate you hanging out. Appreciate the questions. It has been a good time and good times are uh, what we need right now. So hit that subscribe button. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.